Do you want to achieve your max? Check out cardomax.com. Owned and operated by former Navy SEAL Sean Madsen. They've got a couple different products that you guys can check out. They've got the Energy Intensifier, which is filled with BCAAs, um, B12, B6, and 200 milligrams of caffeine in four different flavors, watermelon, grape, uh, pink raspberry, or blue raspberry rather, and pink lemonade. Uh, they also have hydration ones that has a whole bunch of stuff in it, but I, there's no way I'm going to be able to pronounce it because I couldn't even pronounce uh, some other stuff that I did in some prior promo codes. So um, the hydration stuff has raspberry and lemon lime, really good. And then if you need some help with your immune system, they also have immune, immune boosters um, that are in the orange and watermelon. They have a whole bunch of vitamin C and some other things in it to help you out. And they also have a recovery um solution that you can use that comes in a cherry lime and a grape and these have a whole bunch of bcaas and vitamins and vitamins in it as well so please go check them out um their stuff tastes really good i really enjoy it um you know i try and tailor back from the caffeine a little bit just because uh, i find myself just dumping a whole bunch of packets in there because they taste so good. So it's nice to kind of get a variety pack, if you will, because um, at least I can try the um, energy intensifier in the morning or kind of when I'm dying in the afternoon. And then late at night when I still want some flavor in my water, I throw in the immune booster or even the uh, recovery drinks. Um, and then who doesn't need hydration? So check them out. Uh, promo code one's ready at checkout. We'll get you a discount. They support us, so we support them. We don't get anything from it, but um, definitely go check them out because their stuff is on fire. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the One's Ready podcast. We have some returning guests. If you're not familiar with it, Deep End Fitness is all over Sports Center. You've seen it all over the gram. And uh, now we have Prime Hall and Don Tran back for round two. Um, welcome back. Yeah, thanks again for having us on the show, brother. I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, you guys are doing some great stuff out there, all that underwater. I mean, it's, um, let's be real, people are intimidated by it. They're, they see some of the things you guys are doing underwater and some of the training you're doing. And I mean, it's, it's not your, your typical stuff uh, that, you know, Planet Fitness or, you know, 24 hour fitness or whatever it is that they're doing. So you guys are doing some pretty incredible stuff. I, I, are you groundbreaking? But I mean, you guys are probably swim team guys like me. So you, you kind of grew up doing that stuff, right? Opposite. Opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, were not, we were not on swim teams. We were not in water polo. We, uh, yeah, we, um, just pretty much picked it up in the military to be honest. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, on that, like one of our, that's, that's why, like, I mean, I've, I feel like my body type is not a swimmer's body type. You know, I'm kind of like a, a brick or a, refrigerator body type and so uh but i was with uh, one of our mentors is coach david marsh he's one of the best olympic swim coaches of all time and uh i was at lunch with him two weeks ago he's been mentoring us since we started the programs but he's like man that's that's my favorite thing about what you guys do is that you guys coming from not a swimmer's background and you've created this program and you have to use the principles for you to be as as effective as possible in the water and that's, you know, powerful for anybody because it's built for non-swimmers. Yeah, it, it's like I said, it's it's wild. I, I, I grew up on swim team, but I only did, I don't know, a couple of years as a, as a young little kid. Um, and then obviously going through the, the military pipeline, uh, very similar to you guys, because uh, we do a lot of underwater stuff, especially at dive school and pre-dive and that kind of stuff. And, and I always enjoyed playing the games, you know, um, sharks and minnows, underwater hockey. But you guys are actually threw in the, the whole torpedo league uh, thing of that, which which is awesome to see because it seems like it's really taken off. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we Don and I were both water survival instructors back on Camp Pendleton uh, and one of the marine pools. Uh, yeah, Camp Horno, which is uh, one of the most active pools, and uh, back about 13 years ago, and um, we we just got so many reps, you know, thousands of reps of when we were instructors there of Marines coming through to do their water confidence, and so we, you know, 
you don't, you always want to see, you don't want to send people out with them failing or them, you know, being unqualified. So you're always trying to do whatever you can to get them a win and get them a go and get them a pass, you know, for their water confidence so they can deploy and at least meet the bare minimum standards. But then if they can to advance them, et cetera. So one of the things that we found, especially when we were training our instructors that would come in that were high level guys from a sniper unit or wherever they were coming from that maybe didn't have the water confidence um, that we wanted to, uh, we found that training them and training on swimmers, if you could take someone's focus and put it on something else, like the object, like the torpedo, that it'll shift their focus from being on their fears and their anxiety. And then all of a sudden, like kind of, it, it, it steals their focus away and it kind of hypnotizes them to unlock results and performance. So, the, so could, are you guys seeing, um, people that aren't necessarily swimmers and, and, you know, not necessarily com- comfortable in the water, like coming and joining in and just getting right into the mix. Yes. Uh, I would say like it was 50, 50 from people that are swimmers or have some type of uh, water background that come and enjoy it. But the other demographic of people that come is people that are non-swimmers that want to learn how to swim that might be scared to um, go take a swimming lesson because their kids, they're going to the swimming lesson with their kids and they don't want that kind of stigma of like, Hey, I'm going to learn how to swim as well. But I think we have a completely different um, flavor and mentality of how we teach water confidence uh, instead of like, Hey, let's jump in the pool and do swim strokes. But instead of like, Hey, let's jump in the pool, find out where the bottom is and find that you're not going to die and give you some survival skills uh, to just survive on your own first. And then kind of, make that into take step by step, but building block approach is what we always try to, um, to do and get them confident in the water. And by six weeks or something like that, they're doing 25 meters underwater. Some of them are doing 50 meters underwater, you know, and that's a huge kind of threshold that the military kind of stands by like, Hey, if you could do 50 meters underwater, you're going to be okay, be okay to pass this course or whatever it is or dive school or whatever that is. So. Isn't that funny how the 50 meter underwater is kind of like the, the pinnacle or the, 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 and it, and it transfers across all the services. Everybody's like, Oh, you gotta, you gotta do a 50. And, and that's, that's the measurement. It's, it's funny. Yeah. So but, we're, we're doing a, we're doing a study right now um, out of ASU with uh, Dr. Jamie Tyler on kind of the benefits of the program that we're having. So we ran it, we started um, in August last year or something like that prime, but we've had 40 participants go through um, by the end of 2021. Our goal is to probably hit another 40 before the study ends in like June or something like that. But um, we have Jerome, which is like a Olympic level swimmer. He's coming out and helping us do all the study. He's doing it for like a master's program, but he's coming out to all our pool locations and doing these tests on people. And he came to one pool in Irvine and I was there that day and everybody out of like 13 people did 50 meter underwater crossovers from like 14 year old kids to, um, 50 year old, uh, dudes, everyone's doing fifties now. So it's like crazy to kind of see like that type of the community that we're, we're, we're trying to build, which is awesome, but everyone's doing it. So it's not like 50 meters, like is like that level anymore. It's like people are trying to do 75 and some people are making it and it's like blown out of the water. It's yeah. We, we had one guy hit a hundred on water last year, Marcus. Yeah. He's, he, he's an Olympic, Olympic swimmer. swimmer, you know, so. <laughs> I guess that guy's efficiency underwater is next level. Yeah. I mean, is he's not, he's probably doing, um, maybe four to six strokes to get across the pool. And one, one he's length. Three. He's doing three for three. 25. Yeah. I mean, so that, that burning of O2 in your body is, is minimal for him. So a hundred meters is probably, oh, man, just it's to do stroke, that, you know, oh. like that, which is crazy. And on, on the mindset part of that, like, you know, I just think that, it's a lot about it, it. There's a lot of glass ceilings that we all have as humans walking around that like, oh, I could never hold my breath for more than two or three minutes or four minutes. I could never go without food for seven days. I could never go without sleep for five days. I could never carry a 300 pound, you know, I could never, whatever that, whatever that is. And, but it's just like the fast, the mile time, you know, when the person broke, you know, four, five minutes, four minutes, whatever that, now everybody sees that and then that shatters that glass ceiling. So now people are showing up like 
when, when I went to water instructor course in the Marine Corps, they're like telling us like people die doing the 50 meter, you know, and it's like the hardest thing and blah, blah, blah. But when, the way that we're showing it is like, Hey, you have to systematically build up. You start from, you know, starting from being in the circle of trust with us and telling us your swim level and your goals to going into treading, to going into systematically going and clearing your ears, touching the bottom to, you know, picking up a mass to swimming a 25 meter. And then we're, we're building block approach two way systematic training to get you to a 50. But we're showing you if you, if you go there, like Don says, and you see 13 people hitting a 50 and there's 14 year old kids and whatever else that are doing it safely and in a process that that kind of opens up, you know, possibility for you as approach. And like another thing that I've learned is that, you know, when we first started, we would do bobs, you know, in the pool. And sometimes we're using a 13, 14 foot pool and we would compare We would tell them like, Hey, at dive school, we do this, you know, and we only do 10 bobs and then we do this or we do whatever that is. And so they would think like, Oh my gosh, 10 bobs is so much. But now I like, if you frame it like this and everybody gets in a, Hey, we're going to do uh, we're going to warm up with uh, three minutes of bobs, you know, everybody just, once you see us doing it, just get into the flow, make sure you get a good breath and just get into that system. And then everybody does three minutes, you know? So I think a big part is how you frame it and just other, also the social proof of people seeing other people do it with ease or, you know? Yeah. Well, I, and I agree with you about breaking that whole glass ceiling. Like we, it, it only takes one or two people to finally, prove the you know the community wrong uh, and now all of a sudden you know those that marathon that sub two hour marathon is being broken or that 50 meter or that 100 meter underwater is is being broken and now people can see it and it's like great that okay on on to the next like what's the next barrier that no one could possibly do um and do it now going back to what you guys are kind of doing the way I understand it, and I, I, please correct me uh, if I'm wrong, but there's essentially three ways that people can get into your programs. You've got um, like they can actually go and, and, and attend some of the pool sessions that you guys do. You guys have got the book, right? And then you also do some online programming. Is that right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, exactly. So, um Last year, we switched kind of our business model to like uh, renting and operating all our own pools. Um, and that was a lot of work and finding the right instructors. But um, we switched over to more of a CrossFit affiliate model where someone can come into um, our program like, hey, I love what you guys are doing. I want to run my own pool. Um, so we kind of transitioned into that. And that's been really successful for us because the people that are coming and wanting to run their own programs are CrossFit box owners. There are uh, surf club people dive or free diving um guys so they come in with their own community already they start a pool they take our program and they make their own gains in their own community which is awesome to see so that's one way um so either they can come train our sessions or they can start their own pools um another way is uh like you said we have a book uh which is a free your mind guidebook and um we do some online coaching um, and um, just working other professionals, people that don't come to the pool and still using the same princ principles uh, of free, which is focus, relaxation, economy, emotion, and efficient breathing and using it in their everyday life, not just in the water. So, uh, and the last way is our online programs, which is we're trying to put on a platform right now of uh, being more interactive than just a PDF, like ebook that you kind of see most online programs are right now so those are different ways and then we have the sports league as well um but you gotta be at the pools for that one <laughs> yeah yeah you don't you're not gonna do that on your own <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and um i mean a lot of so a lot of the stuff that people see sometimes on social media or on the website it's it's like focused around you know the the, the crazy performance or something that's kind of like can be a little bit intimidating to some people that are starting out. Um, but, you know, a lot of what we do, we train all skill levels. We train a lot of professional athletes and Olympians and different coaches and whatnot uh, out in the pool and outside of the pool with the mindset work. But um, we also train a lot of uh, challenged athletes. We train a lot of injured, you know, veterans and people coming out, breaking through PTSD or PTS 
um, as well as, you know, people coming back with uh, catastrophic injuries, lost their legs. Now they're relearning how to swim with us or they had a stroke and now the left side of their body doesn't work. And now they're relearning how to swim and we're building out new kind of innovative swim strokes for that they can use, you know, on one side and the other, and just basically integrating them into something that's, you know, uh, going to transform them and not just like the pool, like everything that we do in the pool, it's to unlock results for them in every aspect of their life you know, with their professional life, their personal life, their relationships and everything and their life engagement. So, you know, when we have these breakthroughs at the pool, like, oh, wow, like someone comes up and they're like, I never thought I could do two minute breath hold. Or I never thought I'd get three minutes or I never thought I could do a 50 or whatever. You know, usually we're like, okay, well, what else can't you do? What else do you think that you couldn't do that you can go do now? You know, what else is possible for you that you can go unlock? Yeah. So, you know, and we prime, we talked about this uh, when you're on last about people that um, are in areas that necessarily that don't necessarily have act, either access to a pool or the fact that, you know, COVID happened to shut down. Maybe they're in an area that is adhering to more um, restrictions than, than other areas. So um, and you went through some breathing exercises with us uh, last time. But like, do you still um that's a really bad way to ask the question, but like, what are some ways, basically some additional ways that you didn't cover last time that people can, you know, work on their breathing while they don't have access to a pool that will help translate to um, efficiencies in the pipeline or at dive school, pre-dive or just, Hey, in the underwater torpedo league. Yeah. So um, a lot of it is, I mean, anywhere, anywhere that someone is some, wherever you're at, you can do breath work and you can do breath holding. And it's, um, we have a, for the free or free system, um, we call it the free operating system, but essentially, you know, wherever you're at throughout your day, sometimes you're going to get into these like default networks and where you feel kind of like on autopilot, you kind of have a shallow depth of focus and you want to become fully present and you want to engage your breathing to start to really like take control of your mind top down. Right. So, um, whatever breath work that you want to do, um, whether it's the upper regulation. So we'll just go through a little bit real quick. So, um, in through the nose, out through the mouth for about 20 seconds, like, that's usually one of the key primary warmups that we do before we get into training. And that usually closes out those extra tabs that you have open in your mind of like all the things that you did before that during the day. And then all the things that you have after and all the other kind of to-do list and the things, because we want to be singularly focused on one tab. If you think of your mind, like a computer, you want to be focused on one thing at a time. And that's going to unlock the, the deepest level of focus. And for the breathing Basically, the you know, you want to gather some type of baseline on your breathing. So, you know, get yourself warmed up and then, you know, get a good clear all your air out. And we really stress the diaphragmatic breathing and using your diaphragm and starting from the bottom and not the chest breathing. The chest is shallow breathing and it also uh, enhances fight or flight more. We want to enhance, we want to uh, um, utilize the diaphragm and the low kind of belly breathing, right? For all of that. So taking the biggest breath that you can and doing a hold and then holding as long as you can, you know, with someone monitoring you or, you know, safely doing it to a point that you know what your baseline is. So you're like, okay, I know I can hold my breath for a minute and a half. That's where I'm starting from or a minute or third, whatever it is. Um, another thing that you can do uh, that's a good metric is get yourself warmed up with breathing and then do, do a max set of push-ups while holding your breath. So take, you, you clear all your dirty air out, you clear all your air out. And then max set of push-ups, see what your max is. And then that's another baseline assessment tool that you can use. And then once you have your baseline, then you can start to build your CO2 in different areas, like doing underwater training or, um, when you're on, when you're running, just using nasal breathing instead of mouth breathing, um, that also builds CO2. 
uh, walking around your, you know, wherever you live and doing a certain amount of paces with while holding your breath and then building that up, you know, and doing it more and more. And then all those things translate into CO2. And Don can talk a little bit about some of the stuff we learned from Brian McKenzie about how CO2 impacts um, how you handle stress. Yeah. So, I mean, realistically is like breath work. I mean, like two things that you could do that happens automatically in your body is blinking and breathing that you can actually control, right? Like you can't control your digestive system. You can't control your cortisol levels. You can't control your stress levels, but with breathing, it just helps you tap into a different mental state, right? <clears throat> so if you're stressed out, you slow down your breathing, you focus on your breathing or you do the warm up breathing, or whatever it is, you put your focus on one specific thing, which is your breath work. It takes your mind off of different things and actually breathing controls or helps you regulate like the amount of stress or the hormones that are, are bouncing off in your body. So just like Prime said, that's, you know, the easiest way to tap into that system and bring that stress level down. So all we're doing and when we're doing it in the pool is like, Hey, we're going to hold our breaths and that's just putting you in an uncomfortable situation and forcing you to, Hey, make sure I take a full diaphragmic breath before I go down underwater and bring myself, my mental mind into a different state before I go down underwater. And that translates to when we're outside in other stressful situations, whether we're in a gunfight, we're, we're, we're in um, an argument with our loved ones or whatever that is, we just slow our breathing down and we take some full diaphragmic breaths. We think about controlling our breathing. It's going to put us in a different mental state than, hey, us really getting pissed off and reacting um, in, a, in a negative way. So that's pretty much all it is for us. And everybody can practice that everywhere you go. Uh, for me, instead of like, if I'm super tired, I'm driving like down the five, down to Prime's house, down to San Diego, whatever it is, like a way for me to refocus and wake up is to that uh, upper regulation breathing, you know, fast inhales, fast exhales to speed up my breathing a little bit to bring my focus back on. If I want to calm down, I can do like a box breathing pattern or whatever other breathing patterns, slow inhales through my nose, slow exhales through my mouth. It's, it's funny that you, uh, Prime, you mentioned the, uh, the push-ups because uh, just last week we recorded with another strength and conditioning coach and he had talked about, um, like, if you want to understand your kind of capacity, like if you want to test your capacity right now and, and your efficiency in running and, and breathing and stuff like that, he's like, take a mouthful of water and go out for a mile run. He goes, and you can only breathe through your nose. He goes, that's that's a good to understand your baseline of, of breathing and stuff like that, which is essentially what you know, very similar to what you're talking about with the the push-ups. But um, I also find myself, <laughs> um, you know, Don, you talked about a firefight, right? But those times I've never had issues with breathing or anything like that. The the times I have issues is if I'm not doing much of anything and I'm just sitting here. Um, and, and then I'll find like, Hey, I'm not breathing. Like what the hell's going on with that? <laughs> it's just, so you're, built, you're built different, bro. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, you're just kind of hanging out and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh yeah, I, that's right. I got to breathe. It's just, it's weird. I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe it's a TBI thing. I don't know. <laughs> I know what you're saying with that. And that's like, that's part of what we were saying with that, uh, with how you get into these default networks and then you're like, you know, you're just like, you're operating at a lower, but it's also kind of like you go into low power mode a little bit, like your body kind of, you know, puts you into these low power mode and low uh, focus zones. And then you're like, okay, I have a task now, or I have, I have something up. So I got, I'm, I'm on this call with you guys. Like I gotta, I gotta wake up. I gotta turn on, you know? So um, yeah, it's awesome, brother. <laughs> yeah, like I said, that's that's random and weird and just an insight into some of the things that I, I deal with. But uh, yeah, I'll figure it out. <laughs> so yeah. um, now that you've gone to the the kind of, we just call it the CrossFit kind of model where you have affiliates, um, are all these affiliates can all be found on your website, right? We can just go in and plug in our zip code or something like that. And then we can figure out where the, the closest pool session is happening. Yes. Just go to deependfitness.com and then click the locations tab and it shows all our affiliates on there. Yeah. We also okay. have an app now that has oh. all the locations and, and uh, training times, et cetera, that people can just, and they can sign up right there. They can sign up for a session. They can get everything dialed in. That's like hands-free. That way they just show up to the session and they're ready to roll. 
No kidding. Okay. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't really tracking that, but that's good to know. Um, and we'll, we'll make sure we post that, but the, uh, I'm really hoping to get in. So I'm potentially moving to Las Vegas this <laughs> summer and, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm really hoping to, uh, to get in on some of these, uh, torpedo leagues and some of these pool sessions. Yes. Yeah, we're yeah. our uh, Vegas location on uh, February 17th. We have uh, a UFC fighter out there that he's going to be um, leading the program out there. His name is nice. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. You guys have got some pretty high profile folks doing your attending your pool sessions. Um, like, it's interesting to see because you guys, you guys maintain some privacy for them, but at the same time, like, they're also, you know, posting things and stuff like that. And you're like, no kidding. I, you know, I see you guys walking around in the background or, or walking, you know, a crowd, you got everybody circled up and you're walking through everybody through some breathing techniques and stuff like that. So, I mean, it, you're getting a lot of buy-in on this, which is really good to see. Yeah. I think it's because, uh, most athletes or like professional athletes have access to, um, the best physical training that they possibly can already. And, uh, I think our program offers, uh, something different from the mental aspect of it, um, which is a huge part of competition and sport as well. Like what mindset are you going into fourth quarter? Um, like I, I would like when I was watching the playoffs, like two weeks ago for the NFL, the, the chiefs against the bills games, like there was like six touchdowns in the last two minutes, you know, I'm like, these guys are performing at the highest level right now in like with seconds to go in the game and just watching that, like, that's what they're looking for. Like, that's what, like, everybody could throw a football when it's there in practice, like perfectly. But when it's like clutch time, like that's when you need to perform. And I think that's what they're looking for when they come to our programs, like the ability to perform in the clutch when they're without breath, you know, and that's a hard environment to put into people into without the water. Yeah. yeah. And we have, uh, like, for example, we got, we have this week, Joe Musgrove, who's the starting pitcher for the Padres. Um, he hit a last season, he threw a no hitter and, uh, this, and that was the first no hitter ever for the Padres. And, uh, yeah. And on Wednesday with us, he hit a four minute breath hold and, uh, underwater. And he's been working on that for like three months with us. And, uh, and so he hit it and and he was like, so whenever we have someone that has a breakthrough like that, we always want to get their feedback afterwards. And, and so uh, he said that, you know, it being able to work through his mind and see where the traps, when the distractions come in and the traps and being able to eliminate those and maintain his focus and maintain his performance, that that being like the work that he did to be able to hit that four minute you know, has really like taught him a lot about how he can control his mind, control his emotions and really flow through this season differently. Um, but, uh, but besides that, like a huge feedback point that we get from everybody is the community aspect of it. Like even Joe, after that, he's like, you know, I just love being around because, you know, they're at a session with all these different individuals. So some of them are lower performing, you know, athletes or uh, in the water or whatever, but everybody is learning off the, the highest performing person is learning off the lowest performing person and everybody's putting in the effort to learn from each other. And it creates this really cool, we call it a no flex zone culture and environment. But, uh, but the community is like, I mean, that's, that's the big, that's the big why, you know, for us. Well, I, there, you know, we've experienced it being in the military and at some of the schools that we went to, the shared suck. Like there's something to be said about when you share your, you have a communal suck. Um, like it just brings people together. People enjoy it. I think that's what, you know, is making your programming and your, your pool sessions popular. You know, it's what made CrossFit popular. Um, and it, it continues. And I, I think there's something that's deep rooted in that going back to something that you said about, um, him getting a taken three months to get a four minute breath hold. Like what did he start at uh, roundabout? 118. So he started at a 118, which is still probably for a lot of people a decent breath hold. And right. then in three months you guys took him to four minutes or you know the coaching and then him putting in that the work took right. him to four minutes in three months. That's that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And <laughs> there's a lot of breakthroughs and breakdowns within that, you know, for, for a high performing athlete that, that 
is like, you know, this is like top of the food chain athlete that like feels that, that has wakes up every morning and feels like I have to, I have to get to the top of the mountain, like fast, you know, or, or I gotta, I gotta get to that next level. I gotta get to the next level. And so, uh, we had NBC camera come out and NBC come out to do uh, like a little thing on us at the end of last year. And that was the last session of the year. And he did a three minute, 31 second breath hold like on camera. And that was his biggest one that he did. And then whenever he, and then he took a couple of weeks off, he came for the holiday. We were off for a few weeks. We came back in January and um, he, he came back, he was recovering from being sick he hit like a two minute, you know, then he hit then the next week he hit like a two forty five, And then the next week he hit like a three minute. And he was like, he was, he was in, he was like in breakdown almost because he's, he was so attached to that three thirty one time that he had. So he had to, he had to work through that and kind of break down on that and then realize that he has to let go of that. It's almost like letting go of that no hitter game that he had is what he was saying. Like he has to let go of the attachment and the, and the, um, you know, that, that, that almost puts you into a low performing mode because it's like fight or flight. You're like, I have to do this. I have to do this. And then that's a different, that's a different zone than whenever you come in and you're confident you're like, I got this. You yeah. Know? It, yeah. Like I said, and, and that, you're just talking about one of your athletes, uh, Don, I know you guys have got a ton more and I'm not, I'm definitely not trying to get you guys to name drop because that's not the goal. But I mean, I just think that it it shows that when you're you're having these pro baseball players, these um, pro UFC fighters that are I mean, all, all these, these folks are operating at the highest level in their in their game. And then they're still coming to you guys and they're making even more gains. I, it's just I, I guess I appreciate, um, you know, you're talking about the, the Chiefs and the Bills and. It, it was funny to see the um, whoop talking about, hey, you know, Mahomes' resting heart rate was, uh, it, yeah, it was, it was insane, and and they're just, you know, and and some folks are breathing heavy, you know, some of the bigger boys are breathing heavy, but you saw him, and he was cool, calm, collected, leading, um, never breathing hard, nothing. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. But yeah, um, also for, for anyone listening, like, you know, it's really good to have a fitness tracker like that has really increased everyone's performance around us. That's tracking their fitness. When we started the research that Don was talking about, like, so because Patrick Mahone has a whoop and everybody's tracking his data like that encourages him to have the highest performance that he, that he has. So what's, I don't know what the saying you can't, you don't, you can't measure what you don't manage or whatever, but basically start to measure your, your analytics and your performance. And then you can start to drive that up. Yeah. yeah I, it, it was, um, it's funny you say that because I like before I got the whoop, um, like I was like, why am I going to spend the money to get this thing? Is it really worth it? Which it is worth it if you follow it. Like if you if you actually pay attention to the data and the analytics of it and you go, okay, well, I only recovered, you know, 50% today. I probably need to pay attention to that, even if I feel fantastic. Uh, and vice versa, there are times where I feel like absolutely, I, I feel terrible. Like I, like I didn't sleep very well, but all, you know, I, I'm in the green, like very high in the green. And then, and then I start putting in work and I'm like, okay, actually I do feel a lot better. So paying attention to the data does work. <laughs> yeah. And one pro pro tip on the whoops is that if you're going to use the whoop in the pool, you got to get an extra piece of gear. They call it the hydro strap and whoop sells it, but I'm sure there's probably some knockoffs by now, but it's like a strap that you put around the whoop because if you just went, start, uh, breaking through the water, it's going to come loose. And yeah. It'll, it'll fold and that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how yeah. long, how long are your pool sessions generally? In, uh, anywhere from an hour to two hours, unless it's like a instructor course. Uh, and then that's eight hours on average. And then, um, you know, different events for teams or organizations that are modified. Okay. So you guys will do, you guys will do, um, 
teen kind of things as well then, huh? We do it all. We do little kids' birthday parties. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should. <laughs> yeah. No, we do some stuff for uh, like fire departments, um, SWAT teams and stuff like that. And those programs are like three to four hours um, helping their water confidence or if they're trying to get the mental aspect of it or the water confidence side. So. So what are you seeing from somebody who, you know, essentially has never been in the pool to now they're, they're effective and they're, they're confident and they could save themselves. They could save someone else as well. Um, like what's that timeline? And I know it's, and, and that's a terrible question because, Hey, it depends on how many times they, they attend and how much work they're willing to put in. But, no, but generally great, speaking. Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, from the non-swimmer to being comfortable in the water to play the sport. Cause we, uh, when we have people come to the pool, we always run uh, a screener um, just to make sure they're performing at a specific level. And if they're not, then that's okay. Then we'll work on them um, helping them through the screener. So it's a 10 minute water tread, a 25 meter underwater swim, a uh, 25 meter brick toe with a uh, carrying a 10 pound brick, and then a mask or a goggle retrieval down at the deep end of the pool. So we ran um, uh, an introduction session. So it was like, probably like 25 non-swimmers, uh, parents, um, in Los Alamitos. And it was like kind of the demographics of people out there, but within three weeks, they were all able to pass the screener. Uh, and on the fourth week, they're able to, um, carry each other through the water, like doing, um, buddy drags or whatever through the water. So in four weeks is probably typical. Our research, we ran it for six week programs. Um, and that's where we've seen the most gains of people like, Hey, coming in, uh, not performing as where they should be. And then at six weeks, they're like, holy shit, I can swim. I can hold my breath for two minutes or whatever that is. So, And um, then on the, on the research that they're doing, we're, we're doing, we have all the surveys on the front end before they start training with us. So we get a, a good look at their perform, how they're performing, you know, in their life. And then we run them and then we track their data for four to six weeks through, through the research for training with us once a week. And then on the back end, we do all the same surveys. And so on average for those first 40 participants, we saw that the biggest statistic that we saw was anxiety was reduced by 38% on average. So 38% anxiety dropped for, for those participants. Over As in four. just overall anxiety or anxiety about being in the pool? Overall anxiety. anxiety. Yeah. So that's why. And so we're, we're doubling down like on individuals our big thing is impact like global impact how can we make the most impact so individuals that are under under a high amount of stress we love to you know connect them into the programming etc but um you know part of it is that we're creating where we have this safe training environment that we have created that we bring people into but once you go into the water and you go underwater you're 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 in a survival situation within your mind because as a human you have a survival mechanism in your in your brain that tells you that you need air and it's called the mammalian dive reflex and so as soon as you go underwater that's why some people feel panicked because they don't understand what's happening but once you can understand what's happening, it's like when your check engine light comes on or your tire pressure light comes on or whatever, when it's cold or whatever. And you're like, okay, cool. My car's working. I understand that. I'm not, my car, my tires aren't blown out. My engine isn't about to explode. It's just, I need an oil change or whatever, check. So when I get, when you go underwater, you're going to have that signal go off that you need air and you're going to be able, it's an opportunity to really learn about yourself it's an opportunity to uh, engage mental focus um, and really like practice focus because you're focusing beyond that alarm that's going off. So that's going off. I need air. I need air. I need air. You know, and if we didn't have that, then everybody would be face down in the pool, you know, or in the ocean. That's a, that's a positive. So learning to work with it instead of resisting it is, is like the key, but um but yeah, I feel like a lot of that anxiety is reduced and, and people, and other than that too, a lot of people have a lot of, even myself have a lot of anxiety with the water, you know? So every time that you get in, it's like a healing therapeutic, you know, thing that reduces anxiety that make you know, that improves your mental health and, and all of that. Well, I mean, it's, it's just like, normal working out too you know if you go train in the gym you go out for runs like it's going to help your anxiety it's going to help your overall health but um i think i think it's probably multiplied more just because 
there are a lot of people that are scared of the water. There are a lot of people that like, there is no way I'm getting in the ocean. I'm getting in a pool. I don't know how to swim. I'm scared. Like, and the fact that you're, that that study is showing that that much anxiety is lost um, just by doing some of these programs that you guys are providing. Plus the fact, I mean, if, if you take the last two years of, of what we've happened or what we've been going through in terms of, of COVID, like with this, a lot more sedentary lifestyle um, there. I mean, whether it's in adults or whether it's in kids or probably both um, there's, you know, a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, um, a lot of, you know, lacking of social development and that kind of stuff. And to be able to essentially throw somebody in the pool and make, you said 40%. That, I mean, that's almost half of that anxiety going away. That's Very incredible. Nice. Yeah. And that's not, that's not your numbers. That's you, you said ASU is doing it right, Don. Yep. Uh, it's, I, a, it's a white paper research study, IRB approved. So yeah, that's the data. Man, that's, um, that's incredible. It really is. So you guys are doing fantastic work. <laughs> so are you guys, um, you, are, are you guys going to be expanding? I, I know you guys are predominantly West coast and then you've got your affiliates. Are there folks out on the East coast and, and kind of the Southeast that are, you know, your, your Tampa, Orlando, that kind of areas? Yeah, we're definitely trying to head out there and we have uh, some locations and some people interested in, especially Miami uh, in like the Destin area as well as Tampa. So uh, if anyone listening is interested, hit us up and then we'll make it happen out there for sure. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, in Florida, it's not, not really closed down. There's plenty of pools in Florida. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I stepped on your prime. What were you going to say? No, I was just saying that we're, we're, like our big initiative this year is national expansion. So um, we've broken through a lot of the obstacles from COVID and all the other um, BS from the last couple of years. So um, any key cities and key individuals that like, you know, start to light up with the demand signal, you know, like, you know, we're in Austin, we're going to San, we're building in San Antonio, we're in uh, Vegas, we're in Arizona and, um, uh, you know, so all key, all these key cities, if you're in a key city and you're interested in starting a program or getting involved, you know, um, especially individuals that are veterans or whatever, or, you know, people that, you know, are looking for something that they can, that will add purpose and give them, um, you know, something to put their energy towards. It's going to be fulfilling. Um, that's not a nine to five, you know, uh, definitely hit us up. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So um, one of the, things because I know we we all have hard outs right right now but we've we've got a couple minutes still um the you know our demographic and and I know that you guys get some people that that listen to us but our demographic is anywhere between you know 15 and 35 years of age and they're folks that are come, trying to come to the military most of them are trying to come into air force special warfare but we do get some some NSW dudes some MARSOC dudes and and um, Green Beret types, right? That that want to be. Um, so, like, we like to do. Hey, what's your advice? And since so you got both of you on, I'm, I'm, and with both of your backgrounds, you guys can each provide some sound advice. So, Don, I want to head over to you. Like, for those, you know, eighteen to thirty-five year olds, what is what is one or two pieces of advice that you would give them as they're training to come in and do a job like Navy SEAL? Marine Raider, Air Force Combat Controller, PJ, SR? Yeah, um, the biggest thing is uh, your physical abilities should already be there. Like if you're going to think about the selection, if you're trying to go to uh, NSW or anything like that, like your physical capabilities already has to be there. So that's, I don't even want to talk about that. Like there's so many programs out there that you can follow um, that you can get your bodies there. But for the mental aspect of it, stress management, um, decision-making process is the biggest thing. And um, taking a second to make a decision and coming up with the, the most different courses of actions possible is always the best way. And, or how can I rephrase this? Like um, in the decision-making process, you always want to make sure that you come up with different options for yourself and then pick the best one. Because if you're just reacting and you're just doing one thing under stress, then you're just going to pick one decision. But if you have two different options, 
you're able to pick the best decisions out of those. So take a second, think about the problem, develop different courses of actions, and then pick the best one always. Yeah, I agree with that. What do you think, bro? Oh, he's muted. He muted himself. <laughs> I said, I'm Don. Um, so, like, first, I want to give you guys a shout out. I really love what you guys do. You're making a huge impact. I know you've been telling us we are. You, you are. You are as well. And I really seen it firsthand because when I've, especially at the Arizona sessions that I've gone to, when I've traveled to Arizona and done pool sessions. We have, you know, however many people show up, there's always a few that come that say, hey, I heard the Ones Ready podcast and, you know, that's why I'm here and whatever. And like, they've been great. So um, we love that. Also in Vegas, uh, what's the Air Force Base that's outside of Nellis? Vegas? What's that? Is that Mount Nellis Air Force Base? Yes. Yes. So again, like always get amazing individuals that, you know, coming into the Vegas sessions from that, from that have heard us on the, on Ones Ready. So we really appreciate that. Um, so two things, like one is uh, obstacle equals opportunity, you know, and just anytime that you have a challenge in front of you, looking at it as an opportunity and not a threat, you know, and, uh, and really um, uh, a lot of uh, like looking back at our uh, training and Raiders and all the things like just I always like had my finger on the pulse of like everybody that was quitting and like seeing everything, you know, and, um, and why, why, and why. And then, you know, all of the athletes that we train with the, the UFC fighters and all the different Olympians and all these different people that have these challenges and then they go and do it. And it's like, like what, like, why did this one perform and why did this one not perform? And so the biggest thing for your audience that it goes back to is I heard General McChrystal say one time that they spent a, a ton of money doing research to see why there's so much of a drop off of candidates in the soft pipelines. And they said that the biggest thing that they, the biggest feedback that they got was that the individuals that graduated that made it through the soft pipelines, that they had 100% decided in their mind before they started that they were going to make it through no matter what, right? It's like you're about to go up the craziest staircase you've ever imagined in your life. And so you don't know what it's, you don't know what it's going to be like. You don't know what any of the stairs are going to be like, but you say, Hey, I don't care. I know I'm going to make it to the end, no matter what. And the, and what carries you through that for me, my, from my perspective is your why, what's your why. So for me, I wanted to make my grandparents proud, right? So there's no amount of bad weather. There's no amount of food depth. There's no amount of instructors disrespecting or being, or any type of other thing that would happen that normally I would go off. There's no, none of that that would affect me because I had a strong why and I made up my mind before. And so that's, that's kind of where, I, but um, I'm yeah. glad I went first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gonna follow that? I'm sitting here going, I'm sitting here in my mind going, okay, do I just end on what Prime said because that was so good, or do I try and uh, wrap it up and say something? But I, man, you got me. I, I guess the only thing I could add to that, and and it kind of builds on that, is one thing that we see is a, I think a lot of people that end up quitting or not making it is because they get inside their own mind and and they start overthinking things and and they just and then it it's like a snowball effect that one doubt or that one little thing that's like oh i'm i'm kind of scared of that one thing and then it just starts compounding over and it just gets this overwhelming monster and it's like you know what i'm out yeah, yeah. but and and with that like i mean you can't do it by yourself like you got that. That's a big part of it is like, sur like surrendering your ego and surrendering like that. You're it's you as an individual, because I went through all my training with Don and I could tell you if I didn't have Don and one of our other buddies and the other people that were like directly around me that after, you know, when I, when, when, when we went through, you know, our hell week and whatever, and you start to lose your mind after so many days with no sleep that you kind of, you go unconscious and they're like, hey, don't worry, man, I got you. I'm going to get you like until you snap out of it. And then the vice versa, like and then having those that support system around you that, you know, for accountability, but also to support you in 
hey, like, you know, hey, here, man, your fin fell off your pack coming off the bus. <laughs> here you go, you know, all that stuff. That's just you being need, a good you, teammate right there. <laughs> yeah, but, but you need that. You can't, I think individuals that, a lot of individuals that fail, they go in and they try to do it on their own. And yeah. like, you know, um, it's not, that's not the, that's not the, not the formula. Yeah. <laughs> Generally does not work out well for you if you try and go at it alone. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, um, definitely appreciate you coming back on. Don, give me, uh, I'm go to each one of you. Uh, what's your social media? Uh, it's uh, two D's, three O's, four N's. Don. <laughs> and what about you, Prime? Yeah, my uh, Instagram is primetime um, and then uh, with two I's on time. And then uh, my email. Uh, and I meant I like we mentor a whole bunch of kids that are going in and we also mentor veterans that are coming out. So if you guys have any need any support or have any questions or anything, feel free to hit us up. My email is prime at utlnation.com, like the sport utlnation.com. And then um, my phone number is 956 224 0055. I guess you're not you're not kidding. You're going to give out your number like that. All right, go. Yeah, just let me know that it's from the Ones Ready podcast and let me know what you're looking for and I'll get back to you when able. Oh, yeah. Cool. All right, guys. Well, again, thanks for coming on. If you guys aren't following them, go check them out on on social media, on Instagram. Uh, They're doing great stuff and there's a whole bunch of great clips and um, even some breathing techniques that you can garner from that. And then four ways that you guys can check out Deep End Fitness. You got their website, you got their socials, you got um, their book that they've got, and now they've got an app, and go visit and uh, endure a pool session and make yourself better. And we're out here, train hard.